right, there's nothing simple about what is going on in Afghanistan. There's nothing simple about, you know, how to, is it even possible? We do not know how many thousands of Americans are in peril. How is it possible that we're sending out notes to people in Afghanistan? Yet we can't guarantee your safety as you make your way to Karzai International Airport for hopeful departure. How is it possible that our intelligence community and the president of the United States could be so wrong just in the last week? Oh, there's the greatest army, 300,000 strong, one of the best trained armies in the, in the world. And they even have a, um, an air force and there's only 75,000 Taliban. And how did they see 60% of the country by last week and nobody said, uh-oh, this is not going well? And stop it, stop it dead in its tracks there while we had a chance. Who would pull out the military before you evacuate every American citizen? There's no simple solution that I see in terms of the, the only way to get Americans out at this point will require some type of agreement, compassion, if there's such a thing within inside the hearts of the Taliban, you know, the terrorist supporting group. I don't see a simple solution here. Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. You know, I wish more than I wish more than anything else you and I could do one of our fun segments just just screwing around. But that's not today, sir. No, I agree. There are a lot of things going on that uh, will have implications for Americans in the future. That's what I'm concentrating my reporting on today. So you noticed yesterday that the Chinese communist newspaper mocked Joe Biden saying, if we invade Taiwan, don't expect Biden to help you. That was no, the, what the, the exact words were. He will abandon Taiwan just as right. he abandoned Afghanistan. But, Bill, they've been threatening our military, the Japanese military. They're lecturing us in Anchorage, Alaska on human rights. And they, they had a fit and lectured us for, for landing our airplane in Taiwan, our ally, not theirs. And they're talking about reunification or basically the takeover of Taiwan and right. not a peep out of Joe. But Joe's going to have to, he, he would not be able to stand by and not defend Taiwan. That would be the end of Joe Biden. He may be impeached over that. So just keep that in mind. The Chinese push it then we're into a world war. And the odds of them pushing it are much greater today than they were a week ago because of the debacle in Afghanistan. It's a very important point. that This doesn't have to do with Afghanistan. This is a worldwide situation. And now our enemies, China, Russia, and Iran, they know that Joe Biden is weak. Now, when I talk to uh, Donald Trump, and I know you did as well, he made the point that no doubt he wanted out of there, but they never, they, the Taliban never would have done this because he told them face to face on the phone. So I, I, I don't know whether it was a Zoom or not, that if you don't participate in a coalition government and you hurt any Americans, that we're going to kill you. Can I, can I add a little, Taliban can I add a little, little, little behind this? Because what you're saying is profound. You asked the, the, the important question. Because Joe Biden's trying to blame. Well, I inherited this from from Donald Trump. 
Uh, he also inherited secure borders and energy independence, and that didn't stop him from changing policy. So that's a cop out. But what there were many people on this call. Um, I would actually like the transcript released because yeah, apparently on the call, Donald Trump says, you need to understand me very, very clearly. If you do not abide by every comma and period in any agreement we make, and if one American gets hurt, this is what will happen to you. And he said what we did to the caliphate in Syria is nothing in comparison to what I have planned for you. And then interestingly, told the leader of the Taliban exactly where he was at that moment. And that guy didn't think and that guy didn't know that Trump knew. And that's why after Trump announced the May 1st departure that the Taliban did not do what it did in the last 10 days. So you didn't see, you saw some gathering, you saw planning, because they knew in November that Trump wasn't going to be president. But you didn't see a mobilization until Biden took over and then they had their plan. You see, unlike the United States government, the Taliban had a plan. And I get a lot of letters about, you know, the micro of this, uh, how does the Taliban operate? You know, they control the opium in Afghanistan. They make millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars doing that. They have more money than you could possibly have. And they buy weapons from Russia, from China, you know, on the black market. But they're very well uh, armed and they're disciplined. Whereas the Afghan um, government was corrupt, totally corrupt. And the armed forces of Afghanistan knew that. They knew that they were corrupt. And they weren't going to fight unless there was an American presence backing them up. So anybody... And Petraeus, who's the best at this, General Petraeus, former CIA director, he's the best. He's the best analyst. You ought to get him on the TV side. I think he'd come on with you. He said, I have been telling them for years, them being the federal government, you have to leave a residual force in Bagram to have the specter of airstrikes. You have to do that. And that's not hard. That's not by no, we, we, we have to get out. No, no. And everybody knows we have troops in Okinawa and South Korea and Germany. It's not hard to do that. And you're not putting Americans at risk either because you have a treaty that says the Taliban is not to harm Americans. And if they break it, then we kill them. But what people have to understand is how weak a President Joe Biden is. And the second thing that all Americans have to understand, and it's never been reported, is that this is the second humanitarian disaster that Biden has presided over. The first is the border. So we don't see the pictures of the cartels raping, assaulting, murdering poor migrants trying to get into the United States. We don't see those pictures. And therefore, the press, the corrupt corporate media, doesn't report it. But we're talking tens of thousands of migrants being, you know, many more than in Afghanistan at this point. The Taliban is going to wipe out. You believe, wait till you see what happens in that reign of terror. But this is the second massive humanitarian. Okay, here's what I, I want to focus you, though. Bill, this is what we now have. The New York Post reports an Afghan woman shot to death by the Taliban for not wearing a burqa. Uh, a woman and a child beaten bloody by the Taliban at Kabul airport. Photos that we have 
uh, that are out there. We'll show them tonight on Hannity. Senior Taliban officials ordering all Afghan women, this was in the Wall Street Journal, between the ages of 15 and 40 to become sex slaves for Taliban fighters. We have New York Post again, women blinded by the Taliban uh, shooting, says uh, other victims were fed to dogs. Another headline, Wall Street Journal, Afghan troops are being executed after they surrender to the Taliban. The White House is not sure how much of their U.S. military equipment was left behind, but we have videos showing it was beyond extensive. Now, yeah. things are so bad, there's a desperate woman that was throwing a baby over a ro- razor wire at a compound begging British soldiers to take their children because that's they, they feel this the, the life is over for them. Now the question is, Bill, give me a solution short of the being at the mercy of the Taliban to get the untold thousands of Americans the hell out of there because Joe didn't know this was coming and he told us just the opposite. But remember, he's watching it very closely, Hannity. Yeah, okay. Biden and, and Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, who looks like, you know, he's out of some kind of uh, left-wing club in darkness, they're, they're watching it very closely. So that, oh, that's got to be comforting to the people who are being slaughtered and will be. So the question is, what do you do now? Well, the answer is that privately you tell the leaders of the Taliban, there's about 12 of them, that they are going to be killed by drones and possibly their whole family because if they're in the house having supper, the drone's not going to separate them from the uh, other people in the house, that they will be killed by drones. Bill, we've got thousands of Americans. They're going to use them as shields, Bill. Okay. But, Danny, I'm giving you a solution. You asked me a question. I'm listening. Dude, I'm listening. Okay. So the top dude, that would be Joe Biden, commander-in-chief, Sends a message through Karzai, who's a traitor, by the way, to the Taliban saying, if you do not allow the people who want to leave to go to the airport uninhibited, we are going to kill you with drones. You'll never know when it's coming, but it will come. And put the names, give Karzai the names. These are the people who we will kill. That is the only solution. I have just given it to you. The president of the United States can absolutely do that. But is Biden going to do it? I, you know, come on. Would Trump do it in two seconds? The, the, the difference is Trump wouldn't have put us in this position, Bill. We're not the no. Americans in Afghanistan. And it wouldn't have happened this way. If he had been reelected, it wouldn't happen this way because the Taliban don't want to die. So they would have worked out some kind of coalition government. They would have run the country. Islamic fundamentalism is ingrained in Afghanistan. It's always going to be that way. As I said, the government that we supported there was corrupt. Uh, Soldiers were shaking down villagers, opium traffic all over the place. But it wouldn't have been this way because Trump would have made it personal like he always does. Well, that was what the plan is. That's what the plan was. That's not the plan as executed. For the life of me, Bill, I mean, I'm really scratching my head. I, I I, don't like the position that we're in. I don't like, you see, China, Russia both racing in to exploit it and recognize the new Islamic emirates of Afghanistan. We don't even know how many thousands of American citizens that exist here. And, um, Bill, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm really worried about them. I don't care. These are our fellow Americans. All right, but 
I just I just gave you the solution, Hammy. That is the I'm not, only. I, I'm not, I'm not sure it works because I oh, think, Bill, when you have when you have thousands of Americans that you're going to use as human shields or even more barbaric, which we know the Taliban is capable of. Um, they will start executing, beheading, hanging, whatever, beating Americans, and they'll put it out viral on on social media somewhere. There's, apparently, they're still up on Twitter, but Donald Trump has canceled. Explain that to me. Well, that's look, what I feel. That's that's where my that. fear lies. The Twitter people really have a problem now, allowing Taliban propaganda to go out, but they ban Donald Trump. I mean, it, you can't justify it. But I'm just going to get back. As you know, my next book is Killing Killers. And we walk you through how the United States wiped out ISIS, wiped out Soleimani, wiped out most of the terror leaders. I know what I'm talking about. The only solution to keeping the Taliban from a holocaust in Afghanistan is to tell them directly, we will execute you. You. And if you do that, now, they believe Trump, but I don't think Biden would ever do it. Maybe I'm wrong, but there is no other way. We're not going to send U.S. troops back. NATO's not going to send troops in. That's not going to happen. So Biden has presided over two humanitarian disasters, one on the border, one in Afghanistan. He's only been in office seven months. It's really, really something that all Americans, particularly those who voted for Joe Biden, should sit down and take 15 or 20 minutes to think about. Got to pray for these these people, Bill. We, we need them home alive. We don't need we don't need a mass slaughter. My greatest fear at the moment. Bill O'Reilly, all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we'll get to your calls. I know a lot of you have a lot to weigh in on here. Uh, we'll do very fast calls. Get your comments in. Um, I, I I just sense America, this this feeling of, you know, the Biden administration is trusting the Taliban to ensure safe passage for Americans fleeing for their lives. That was your job, Joe. If they manage to get out, it'll be a miracle. Quick break. We'll continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, so many of you... We're going to race through calls because I know a lot of you have been trying to get in today, and I know you have a lot to offer and a lot to say. Uh, we'll start with Christine. She's in the great state of Texas. By the way, praying for your governor, uh, Governor Abbott. I know he, he got COVID. He had, by the way, he was fully vaccinated. He was a breakthrough case. Uh, I was very happy. I sent him a note, and he had apparently was just getting his Regeneron infusion, and we are uh, praying for your governor. He's a good man. Thank you so much, Sean, and thank you for letting me uh, uh, voice some uh, perspective on your show. And, and I echo your uh, sentiments about uh, Governor Abbott. He's, uh, he's just fantastic. But just a little bit of perspective. Um, so I am a product of the Vietnam evacuation. Uh, my father was an intelligence operative as well as an interpreter, and he worked side-by-side side with uh, the CIA, his counterparts. And he was involved in the evacuation of Canto, which was about 100 miles south of, of, of uh, Saigon. And, you know, he was retelling me the story as he's watching what's going on in Afghanistan. And he is just appalled um, because he thought it was bad what happened in Vietnam. This was just a, this was like a whole level of dumpster fire. Um, but I guess one of the key messages I want to put out is that, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
was by the grace, by the um, generosity and the kindness of Americans that saved us and got us out of Vietnam that we weren't slaughtered and left behind. You know, and my father was involved in a lot of those evacuations. He would fly missions in uh, and get people out of safe houses and, um, you know, the, the safe houses were supposed to only have, you know, so many people, but word would get out and there would be hundreds and they would cram everyone they could in the choppers um, to fly them out. And so it's just heartbreaking to see the disaster in Afghanistan unfold. And I just want, you know, the listeners to one hear perspective from someone who lived through something like that and just grateful for Americans who uh, didn't leave us behind. So I hope we don't do the same for the Afghan people. Well, we can't. Um, but the problem that we now face, the biggest problem, Christine, is that we don't control the destiny of our fellow Americans there. That is that is the most appalling aspect to this. And, well, the Biden administration, they're trusting the Taliban to ensure safe passage. This is the biggest military debacle and and rudderless leadership as Kabul is falling, not one, not two, not three, four days missing in action. And by the time Joe got engaged, came back from vacation, gave a 10 minute speech, went right back to vacation with no plan whatsoever to evacuate Americans. When do you ever pull the military out before you get every last single American out? Identify all of them. How do you send out a State Department memo saying, yeah, you might want to now go make your way to Karzai International Airport. We cannot guarantee your safe passage to the airport. How does it come to that? And the idea that that any Americans that get out of there alive will not be because of anything Joe Biden did to help them, to save them, because he, he has he's got nothing in his arsenal. And, and it's it, the worst case scenario I can't even talk about because I, I, I know all about evil. Did a whole book on evil in 2004. Deliver us from evil. Talking about the last century, 100 million human beings slaughtered. Mao in uh, China, Stalin, Russia, uh, Nazi, Germany, fascism, Tojo, Japan, the killing fields, Cambodia. Oh, it can't happen in our lifetime. Unfortunately, I wish I could report that, but I am too rooted in truth and reality. They peep our our fellow Americans are at the mercy of the Taliban right now, and they didn't see this coming. And when they did see this coming, they didn't lift a finger to help a single American. They were left deserted to fend for themselves. Now, what do we do? Thank you for the call. George in Florida next. Hey, George. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, there's a lot of a comparison right now with Vietnam and and, uh, Afghanistan, but I want the PTSD that's involved, um, the the, chronic PTSD that's going to develop in the long term. There is a psychologist up in in, uh, upstate New York with the Veterans Improvement Program in the 90s, and he said the, the common denominator for PTSD is a is the portrayal or the perceived portrayal by those who hold you they hold your their your life in check under lethal danger and that is what's happening right now 
our commander-in-chief is asleep, and he has inflicted injury, long-term injury, on our, our forces. And, and when, when it's just over the, over the next the decades, that it is this he's re, he's writing people's history of their heroics in Afghanistan in the last twenty years. When you have you when you have uh, people getting injured and they're saving lives or helping uh, um, this uh, for women and women's rights and and they've lost a loved one, but now that has been squandered and that is going to have a ill effect on our country for decades. And this is this I just want to point that out and hopefully that what I just said at the beginning, if people feel like they've been betrayed, that they they'll at least recognize that common denominator of PTSD and that's what it is. When the Taliban began their their move in Afghanistan, why did we let them? Why weren't they stopped in their tracks? We have the military capability of doing it, and we know because we watched Donald Trump. For all you want to say, oh, Donald Trump's tweets so offended me. I'll take offensive tweets, and I'll take military might and strength and, and resolve an action any day over this. But he beat the, the, the caliphate in Syria, which emerged, of course, under Biden and Obama, by bombing the living daylights out of them using modern military warfare and technology. And he literally systematically went city by city by city and defeated and wiped out and destroyed and defeated the caliphate. That could have happened when the Taliban began their march. The Taliban was warned by Donald Trump, that is what will happen and worse if the deal that he had struck with them was followed through. I inherited this deal. Well, you inherited secure borders and energy independence. Yeah, uh, the country's going to have collective PTSD. This is not a strong United States of America under this, co- you know, cognitively, uh, cognitive mess, Joe Biden. Florida, we stay there with Jade. Jade, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, you know, it's amazing to me. No one's brought this up yet, but we as the Republican Party, we have a problem. We are all talk, no action. I mean, look at the Democratic Party. For four years, we watched Nancy Pelosi and her men in tights impeach Trump twice, go after him, make Republicans enemy number one, have the media in their pocket, and they're incredibly organized. And yet now with Biden in office, what are the Republicans doing? We have Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham. You see at least one of them doing an interview a day. And what do they say? Oh, we're outraged by Biden. But, you know, we're not going to do anything about it. Well, in fairness, there there are some people that have been warning this would happen. Marco Rubio was on two nights ago and said everybody on the Intelligence Committee saw that this was the wrong time, the wrong way. It won't work. It's going to fail. Don't do it. And with all the yeah, leaked Sean, reports, talk. why won't they go after him? Why won't because they he's the punches like they threw it? Jade, Trump? he's the commander in chief. This is his call. All they can do, all, intelligence agencies, military leaders, um, intel committee members, they can they don't they're not the commander in chief. That's Biden's decision to impeach him. 
They do have the power to impeach him, take him out. Listen, this man does not belong in office. He's not up to the job. A hundred percent. I've been pointing it out more than anybody. I'm with you. He, we can't have this level of incompetence and incoherence and stupidity and naivete. Uh, it's breathtaking. I never thought in my life I would see something unfold like this. I'm with you, but we got to get our fellow Americans and do everything in our power to get our um, fellow Americans home. Every last one of them. That's where my head's at today. I'll get there. Trust me. I'm a, I've been there a long time. He's not he's not fit to serve. Period. End of sentence. And frankly, if the same corruption uh happened with the Trump family, everything from crack cocaine to hookers uh and and no experience uh payments and millions and millions of dollars that compromised the Biden syndicate with Hunter um, and, and that means Ukraine and Kazakhstan and Russia and China. Uh, yeah, I would think that if it was Trump or any kid with the last name Trump, it would be a much bigger deal. But of course, we have media corruption and the great enablers, the blue check, you know, Joe Biden media protection program cult on Twitter. But right now, our focus has to be on getting every American out of there safely and alive. And if it happens, it's not going to be because of anything Joe Biden did. Everybody saw this was coming. Everybody spoke loudly. Everybody warned him. And he, you know, he let them take the take the country over bit by bit by bit, told us something that was never true, that this army was S trained and the entire world is and 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 they're three hundred thousand strong and they have an air force baloney. Um I I I'll believe me, we we America deserves better. America deserves better. Cindy's in California. Cindy, hey, glad you um, called. Hey, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for all you do. Thank you. Um, just a great voice in the in the in the wilderness. Really, you're a guiding a guiding force for so many. Um, a couple things on my mind. One is, you know, we're supposed to reach out to our representatives for voting reform and all these other things that are urgent and pressing. But what do you do when your your representatives are all Democrats? And then the second question is Convention of States effort. Is it still relevant? And are there any any updates on it, on that effort? There's not. There are a lot of states that signed on to it. I forget the exact number that we need. I don't know if it's I forget the exact number, like 60, 70 percent of it. It's just not been in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, it's real. But there are I'll be very honest and frank. There are too many blue states. And the only way to change that is to elect Republican governors and Republican legislatures. And the Convention of States is an, is an option. And it's one that I've supported for a long time. And I, I think we should continue down that road and try and make that happen. That's a long-term plan. And, you know, right now we're obviously dealing with a short-term, you know, humanitarian problem. And that is our fellow Americans trapped behind enemy lines. I never thought I'd see that horrible yep you're right horrible. you're right you're sir. right it's horrible it's embarrassing it's un- it was unnecessary joe in lj hey my joe how are you my friend you ever think all the years you've called me you've been calling me that since 1992 i've ever heard with your interview with president trump last night and i've had calls from all over the country saying boy we need to get sean interviewing trump more and uh, do you think he's gonna run sean well, I think he gave the answer last night when he said, well, because of campaign finance laws, I really can't answer that question right now. 
That sounded like yeah. uh, a pretty strong leaning towards yes. That's what I guess. Uh, I didn't want to press him further. We have we have more pressing issues at the time. Twenty twenty four is, you know, let's get through twenty. Let's get these people home. That's my immediate concern. My next I concern agree. is, you know, to get election laws so we have integrity and confidence and results. My next focus will be on the election and midterm in 2022. It's going to be one of the most important in our lifetime. And 2024 will, will determine America's fate moving in the future. There's a lot at stake. Sean, you're exactly right. I think we're going to have huge land, landslide wins in the House and Senate. Uh, and with all you're doing with Trump, I, I feel great about the future. I don't feel great about the present. But I, I, I do believe in the hope that is America. And I believe in the goodness of the American people. That I can tell you. Uh, thank you, well, my friend. Sean, you're doing a fantastic job. Joe from LOJ. Joe's called this show since 1992. That's how long I've known him. Great American, great guy. Always friendly. Always loves this country. Passion is amazing. Quick break. We'll come back. More on the other side. And we'll talk to Sean Parnell, Dan Hoffman, about the situation, options, if there really are any in our control, next. Up next, our final roundup and information overload hour. 